The Dead Pair Podcast is brought to you by the Elite Experience Elite Shotguns and is fueled by Fioki. Oh! Welcome to the Dead Pair Podcast, coming in hot with everything you want to hear about sporting clays. Guy Fieri. How are you, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. Anthony Matteris Jr., how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Welcome back, David Radulovic. That's a net positive. <laughs> Brad Kidd. Corey Cruz. Thank you for joining us this evening. Now I feel awkward. With your hosts, Jason Rambo. One more Red Bull for you. And Sean Alley. Woo, yeah! Christmas. Let's do it. Often imitated, but never duplicated. It's the Dead Pair Podcast. And now, it's showtime. What's up, Lords and in Charge? Well, Jason, I bet you, I say it time and time again, you're missing all that fun weather up here in Ohio, buddy. No. Yeah, you are. No, not You miss it no. a lot, I can tell. No, you can't make me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's the bitter part of winter here. We're in... Uh, Getting down to single-digit temperatures here coming up, and that's going to be really, 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 really nice for you. Yeah, so. I hear you. Well, hey, listen, uh, big thank you, uh, Elite Shotguns. Um, listen, if you can't afford a high-end Kohler like what Sean and I have, uh, they got a lot of guns to fit your budget and to fit you. So make sure you can give those guys a call. Absolutely. And a big thank you to Fioki USA. We love putting those things in the barrels and making them go click bang because they do it every time. And they just smoke hard. They do. They do. They do. Of course, the folks over at Rhino Chokes, you know how much we love them. Um, going to try and do something special with them here coming up. So stay tuned for that one. But uh, Chokes Barrel Porting, um, you know, if you need your forcing cones lengthened, uh, you need your gun fit, you need a recoil system put on. Go see the folks at Rhino, and you'll understand why we brag about them so much. Yep. And everybody knows those RE Ranger Reacts are just one of the best shooting glasses you can have. Uh, love mine, Jason. I know you still love yours. Uh, hopefully, one of these days, we'll be able to announce that big news that everybody's been waiting on to get the prescription oh. glasses out there to everybody that needs them. I I can't wait. I cannot wait. Uh, of course, the girls at Odo Pro Technologies, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Grace. By the way, everyone, if you have any questions for Dr. Grace, we're going to have her on to answer your questions. So please send us an email. Uh, send us a direct message. Um, Facebook, Instagram's fine. Um, but we're, any questions you have for Dr. Grace, uh, concerning hearing or the products that she offers, please, please write into us. We're going to get her on for a special episode to talk about that. Yep. And if you're in the market for a trap, we love those U.S. made Atlas traps. And Mr. Jason Rambo is the guy you want to get a hold of. He can hook you up whether you want a, a couple traps just for the backyard or a complete five stand package. Or if you're a club looking to refit all of your gear, uh, just give him a call and he'll help you out. Absolutely, I will. Uh, of course, Vero Beach, Clay Shooting Sports, home of the Dead Pair Blast. Uh, Going to have some news coming about that one here soon. Hopefully to hear back from Mr. Brian Palmer on the final details so we can get that announced. Um, but listen, if you're in Florida, I don't care when it is, you owe it to yourself to get down there and see the folks at Vero Beach and understand what a beautiful, beautiful club it is and what kind of a big punch it packs for, for a small club. Definitely. And also, let's not forget the lovely Don Grant. If you need to get your mind right or work on your mental training for tournaments, she's the one to call. She's helped a lot of people, including a lot of pros that you may not even have heard about. Uh, but Don is the girl. Give her a call. Yes, absolutely. And score chaser, last but definitely not least. Um, hey, listen, if you're taking someone new to a tournament, 
You're going to have to turn them on the score chaser and help them out. Even if you have questions that haven't been answered, go back and listen to previous episodes that we've done with Casey Chase. And if you still have questions, give those girls a call over there at score chaser. They'll be more than happy to help you out. Uh, Sean Alley, we are running out of time. Tick tock, tick tock for the golf cart raffle. Yep. Somebody's going to win that puppy. It is really nice. Uh, there's a video online from YouTube uh, showing how the cart was manufactured. Uh, and that's going to be down at Vero Beach. We're going to give it to one lucky winner during the Caribbean Cup. And if you guys want to buy raffle tickets, just go to deadpair.givesmart.com and purchase your raffle tickets there. Somebody's going to win it and they're going to deliver it to you uh, wherever you are in the USA. Absolutely. And of course, don't forget clubs and coaches. If you are a club or a manager of a club, or if you are a coach or instructor, you want to be on our website, please get a hold of us. Uh, I'd like to get your information added. Uh, and those you shooters out there, this is going to be an easy button for you. State by state, clubs and coaches available to you at your fingertips. So get on our website, uh, thedeadpair.com and check that out. Yeah, Jason, we've got a couple new tourney talks to announce. You got time for that? Let's do it. All righty. It's Tourney Talk. Brought to you by Score Chaser. All righty. Oregon State Championship at Crewell Clay Car- Target Sports is open July 12th through the 14th. And Pennsylvania State Championship at Stony Creek Shooting Center is open June 5th through the 9th. And last but not least, Louisiana State at Covey Rise. That is June 13th through the 16th. All of those tournaments are now open. Get them, get them booked and get them logged in before they run out of good spots. Man, I tell you what, all these big state shoots coming out, it's the exciting time of the year. Uh, hopefully everybody listened to that episode we did with Wendell Cherry. Uh, about winter training, uh, lots of good nuggets in there. Um, hopefully everybody's getting with their coach, getting with their instructor, putting in the work because it's coming. Yeah. Not soon enough up here, but we're waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hey, and one last thing before we get to miss Diana Muller, uh, questions for the coaches. Um, if it's not a coach on our list, but you have a question for him, don't hesitate. Send us those questions. We'll get a hold of that coach. We'll get them on the on the air to answer that. Um, speaking of which, Diana Muller, Sean Alley, this gal, I'm telling you what, it take us 20 minutes to read her resume. Yeah. Unbelievable what this woman has accomplished and what she is doing for for all of us, all of us that own firearms. So we're going to get her on and talk about this. Um, she's going to kind of steer us in the right direction. You know what I'm talking about, Sean, but, you know, Taking somebody new shooting, if they don't own a gun or if they haven't shot a firearm before, it can be a tricky conversation. It can. And I think she's got a lot of good advice and a lot of good information, uh, especially with everybody that owns firearms. She's on the, the, it, she's on the attack for people uh, trying to get all those laws equalized for all of us um, and be fair uh, so that we're not allowing media to slander firearms in the negative way that they typically kind of do. So I'm really anxious to hear what she has to say. Yeah, and like I said, this girl's got a long list of accolades. Um, we'll let her read them off, but uh, this is going to be good. So, Sean, let me get her on the phone. I think she's waiting on us to call. Cool. The Dead Welcome to the show, Miss Diana Muller. How are you, ma'am? Fantastic. Thanks for having me on, guys. Diana, great to see you. Great to talk to you again. Uh, I know we ran into each other down at the Fioki team meeting at the end of nationals. Um, really had to dig in and see exactly who you were. You spoke a little bit about what you're doing. Uh, totally impressive. We're going to get into that, but uh, 
yeah, just glad to have you on the on the podcast. Thank you. How's how's Ryan doing? It's by the way, everybody. Ryan is her husband, and he had a he had a little bit of an accident. How's he doing? Yeah, well, it was a little diversion in our Christmas plans, but uh, he's he is on the mend, and uh, we are hopeful for a hundred percent recovery. He did uh, break his back and bruised his spinal cord, and has had two major surgeries, and um, was paralyzed from the waist down at first, and now we're getting to the point where. We can move some things, but not everything's come back yet. And like I said, we're helpful. Well, Thanks for asking about him. That's good. He's okay. definitely in our prayers for sure. Um, Thank you. Yes. Diana, for our listeners that are probably scratching their heads right now, because this is a Clay Target podcast, and they're probably going, who in the world is this? Uh, so for our listeners that might not know who you are, can you please give us some of your background and tell us what you do? Sure, sure. Well, the bridge between the two of us is Fioki. So my husband and I shoot three gun and we shoot for Team Fioki as well as you guys shoot for Team Fioki. So um, that is the the connection between the two. And then when we had the team meeting, we uh, touched on how to talk about the Second Amendment effectively and not offensively. And um, I think that's what kind of sparked your guys' interest. Well, I just happened to have started a women's organization called Women for Gun Rights. And we basically try to uh, counter those anti-moms called Moms Demand Action and other groups who use the female voice to call and demand for more gun control. And in our opinion, gun control is a failed policy over and over again. You can see that they are failures and they do not keep you safe. So I think it's a really, it's a different vehicle to have uh, a woman say that as opposed to the traditional gun owner that might look more like you guys and that can be dismissed, um, that have been demonized and uh, disenfranchised. Uh, so that's where the Women for Gun Rights is. And on top of that, I'm a retired police officer. So I did 22 years at the Tulsa Police Department. So I feel like, you know, in this women for gun rights arena that I have some experience with violence. I have some experience with firearms and that's a lot of what the uh, antis don't have. You know, they don't have any experience. They just, they're running on pure emotion and uh, demanding things that are only going to restrict their ability to be safer in the world. Gotcha. Well, Diana, before we dig into that too far, let's let's go back and touch on the the, the mutual relationship we have with our love of shooting. Uh, you recently competed in Tokyo representing the USA. Can you tell us a little bit about that competition and your trip? Yeah, yeah. So it was Thailand. It was uh, Pattaya, Thailand is the world, the Ipsic World cha- Shotgun Championship. So when people hear shotguns, they usually think of what your guys' traditional sporting clays, tra- uh, trap, things like that. But this is a, this is an action-based uh, sport. So we are running and gunning with shotguns, uh, this one specific shotgun. And, you know, we're shooting steel knockdown targets. We're shooting clays. We're shooting a few flyers um, and, and slugs and buck. So it was a five-day world competition or 48 countries there. It has it definitely has an Olympic feel. And uh, it's as close to the Olympics as we get. So it was fantastic. It was a fantastic trip. Um, There were two other, I had two other uh, Fiocchi family members there, Lena Michalik and Lanny Barnes. Uh, And they both won gold. I want to brag on them a little bit. My performance was a little lackluster, but um, Fiocchi did bring home um, two individual gold medals and then uh, two individual team medals 
uh, for Fioki. So it was, it was pretty exciting. Nice. Yeah. Traveling international. I don't know how much you guys travel international, but it's always, it's always sporty. <laughs> it, it's on our bucket list. We haven't gone out of the country to shoot yet. And I apologize for saying Tokyo. I don't know why I had tea on my brain and I said Tokyo instead of Thailand. That's all right. I think that was one of my layovers, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, Diana, um, Moving forward, tell us a little bit about the DC project and how and why you started it, because I think it's really relevant here. Well, thanks. And you mentioned the DC project. So that's how we started out. I didn't plan on starting an organization. I just knew that there was this, I just felt like there was this uh, need, a hole that needed to be filled. And so I only had standing in Oklahoma where we lived at the time. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to go to Washington, D.C. and talk to my legend. I'll just be able to to Oklahoma. So I started talking to other women and we were basically one woman from every state was my goal. Uh, And then when we saw um, we saw all the stuff in Virginia was anti-gun legislature from the governor on down and all of those counties, like 98% of their counties consider themselves sanctuary 2A counties. And so it's, it's evident that the legislators aren't listening to their constituents. It's just that they're, you know, hammering ahead with their agenda. But it was at that point, I was like, holy cow, this is, uh, this is happening in the States. So I asked the women who had been coming to Washington, D.C. once a year, to turn around and and go back and do the same thing at the state level. So there were my state directors. And and then just recently we went through, we officially went through a name change to Women for Gun Rights. So if you hear DC Project, that's what we started with. Um, And then we added the tagline Women for Gun Rights. And now we're just dropping the DC Project and and sticking with the Women for Gun Rights. Awesome. I I mean, that's, that had to be a, a big undertaking. I mean, you're talking somebody from all 50 states. That had to be pretty hard for you at first to get going with that, didn't it? Well, you know, uh, looking back on it, I, I just feel like it's been very organic. So I did what I could, and um, and that's where we are at today. So we now have uh, state chapters, you would say, I guess, Um and anyone can anyone can join. It's free to join. And basically all we're doing is dumping you into that state network and, uh, you know, letting you know if there's fund or not fundraisers, but fairs, events, testimony. Uh, a lot of girl, our girls will go testify, whether it be at a local state or federal level and, uh, and, and groom people to be real advocates I say all the time, you know, if um, I'm a Christian, if I didn't spend any time in the word, I didn't spend any time with the Lord there, you know, there's no relationship there. I have no, I have no way to talk to anybody about it because I don't know anything about it. Uh, It's just kind of a very surface level. Well, the same thing with the second amendment. If you're, if you say you support the second amendment, but you can't talk to your friends, your family uh, or your legislators or your community about it, you're not doing anybody any good. If it's same thing with America, if you don't understand the Constitution, if you don't understand how our our country should be working, then y- how much of an American really are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. If you right. can't talk about it, right? And that and that actually brings up a, a point and a question I was going to make. It's you know one of the main reasons for having you on our show is because we tell everyone every week. I mean, Sean and I just harp it and harp it and harp it. Take someone new shooting, take them to a tournament. 
Um, mm-hmm. Thanks to the media's portrayal of firearms in this country, that can be a difficult conversation to have with someone that's new to firearms. Um, so if our listeners are running into this when they're out talking to people, trying to get them in this sport we love so much, how can you help them with this conversation? Well, we actually have on our website, womenforgunrights.org, we have a downloadable one-page document that um, will really help people, whether you're going to do an interview or whether you're going to Thanksgiving or whether you're trying to talk to somebody specific at work. Uh, it goes through all of the, the usual suspects, I call them, universal background checks, red flag laws, storage laws. And it's, you know, okay, so I don't support universal background checks, but how do I really articulate that? So we kind of break it down into little bite-sized morsels that you can study. It's a study sheet. It's a study guide. Kind of like a cheat sheet. So it's a cheat sheet. Yeah. And uh, it'll help. It'll help, you know, if you can just keep it around and look at it every once in a while and try to test yourself on uh, and step out and have those conversations, create conversations, create, uh, you know, you can write something uh, to your a letter to the editor, you know, create some opportunities that uh, you will actually um, be in front of people and have those conversations. Well, Diane, I want to circle back um, as a former police officer, you know, your experience is important. I'm sure you've probably had to deal with some good and bad situations regarding firearms, I, I would say, or I would guess. Um, I mean, did you have any direct experience with dealing with firearm incidents while you were uh, an on-duty police officer? And then, you know, with saying that, could you explain maybe some of the challenges that police officers deal with on a day-to-day basis, uh, you know, in, relate, in relationship to firearms? Well, yeah, the answer is the only time I actually shot my fire, my firearm in the line of duty was to uh, shoot two dogs. And um, I hated to do that, but, you know, there's a, sometimes there's violence is the answer. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and, um, but, but I pulled my gun a lot. I mean, um, I don't know if it was, uh, you know, me being good at convincing people that they needed to do what I said or me having good negotiation skills or whatever, but, um, yeah, we, we, I, I was in a very, um, high crime area and, uh, really liked to chase bad guys. So, um, I pointed my gun at a lot of people, but I've never been able, I've never had to, uh, shoot anybody, which is, you know, it's a blessing. I've been around people that have people in my units have used deadly force and, um, you know, it changes your life forever. And people think that gun owners are trigger happy, but really our training is to avoid conflict and avoid using deadly force and escalating uh, at appropriate levels that, you know, and then trying not to, because it's going to change your life, whether you're justified or not, uh, whether you're a civilian or a police officer, it's, it's, it's a, it, it's a huge responsibility and, and it weighs heavily on everybody. Well, and the reason I bring that up, we've got two good friends in the shooting community, um, used to be former members of the NYPD shotgun team, uh, Frank Bruno, Chick Bassani. We've had them on our podcast before, and they currently do a lot of stuff with, with the youth, and they try to do partnership events like between a police officer and a youth shooter to introduce kids to firearms. Um, so I was just curious, you know, kind of- And police officers, because like you said earlier, the media, uh, mainstream media, uh, social media- um, we are being squelched and censored and demonized so much that it's tough to, you know, kids have been told that guns are bad. Right. Um, they don't get explained that guns are tools and um, that there's an amount of responsibility that comes with it. So 
I think the, the kids in the shooting sports are the the best kids on the face of the planet. And and I'm sure you guys have had similar experiences, but, oh, yeah. uh, but kudos, yeah, kudos to them for doing that and trying to bring more people into the fold. But uh, it really feels like sometimes that we're doing the whole, you know, trying to stay, save every sand dollar that's washed up on the, on the shore and you can only save one at a time. And there's so many, so. Right. Right. So, all right. Well, let me, uh, let me switch gears here for, uh, for, a, for a second. So, all right. What are some basic, simple steps that all regular gun owners can take to help work towards bettering, you know, the opinions or, or attitudes towards, you know, other firearm owners? Two things come to mind. First of all, smile and be nice. Well, you're uh, out the window, s- Sean. <laughs> <laughs> you are representing you are representing more than yourself so uh if you have a firearm sticker on the back of your car and you're honking and doing some you know road rage stuff uh that's influencing people um and then secondly uh you know i intentionally wear branded material to places where i can possibly airports um community things I, I know uh, one of our board members, what did she wear? She wore some kind of gun shirt. Oh, it's our educate, not legislate. So we have a signature T-shirt and it says uh, legislate is in block letters and it's crossed out like it'd be on a chalkboard and then educate is on top of it. That's our signature shirt because we believe that's what's uh, well, that's what leads to safety and firearms uh, and, and violence prevention. Well, she wore that to pick up her kid at school, you know, she, she wants to, she's trying to have those conversations. So that's something else that gun owners can do is that they can be intentional and they're branded and then be prepared to have conversations and, uh, you know, really be prepared for the hate, uh, you know, expect it. And then it takes a big person to, um, not react to that, you know, no throat punching, all right. Even though throat punching <laughs> might be justified, uh, just, you know, trying to have trying to be a positive influence and doing it intentionally. Well, let me uh, let me let me try and get a broad view because you're, you know, you're into politics a lot more than we are when it comes to the Second Amendment. Um, do you think we're making progress with fighting the good fight on the Second Amendment or or is it? entirely dependent on the administration that's in the white house or is it more of a constant ongoing battle or what what do you think what is what is your what is your temperature on the climate let's put it that way when it comes to the second amendment well there's definitely forces at work to disarm america and i think that they are using those emotional you know these emotional tragedies Mm-hmm. Uh, to push for an agenda. And these people who, you know, are in, in these anti-gun groups, I feel like if I had an audience with them and I could explain to them some things from a person, from a female personal perspective, uh, that I could probably take half of their audience, but they don't have anybody. They're not, you know, we're being censored. We're being squelched. Um, they really have a hard, we really have a hard time reaching outside of our own demographic. Um, but I don't know. Second amendment is we, I feel like, you know, there's two, there's 25, 26 states now that have gone constitutional carry. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the country has seen black lives matter. They have seen the demonization to defund the police. And those people who are somewhat intelligent recognize the fact that there's a problem here. 
is that you're telling me that, that guns are not the answer, and then you're defunding the police, the people who are supposed to come and, and save me. So who is who is going to save me? You know, are we supposed to rely on Batman or what's the deal? So (laughs) there's a lot of people that have awakened in the past probably two or three years. But, you know, this administration is definitely continually coming after, um, they call them assault weapons. Well, my, you know, do forks make people fat? No, they don't. So, but, but again, there's a lot of gun owners. There's especially in the shotgun world, there's a lot of shotgun people that might agree with that, you know, uh, who needs an assault weapon? Well, I would refer back to the cheat sheet of it's a semi-automatic. It is no different than um, any other semi-automatic and it's no more deadly. You know, more people are killed with 22s than anything. So, you know, it's just a matter of educating internally the people who are in our circle, the people who do own guns, um, I, I have conversations, you know, with, with gun owners. If we could just get gun owners uh, to really support the Second Amendment and say all of this rubbish, all of these things that 22,000 laws on the books that are not effective, if we can just get them on board, then, you know, those are the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. But there is a lot of, there is a lot of territorial things. You know, I've had an archer guy somebody in archery really come down on a girl, a teenager that went hunting with an AR and uh, bashing her. And I'm like, what, uh, what are you doing? She, you don't need that many rounds. Well, she didn't use that many rounds. She (laughs) just had a tool that had more than, you know, talk to the guys who the, the rooftop Koreans, you know, the people who, uh, during the LA riots defended their, their homesteads and their businesses. I mean, it, you got to think past hunting when you're talking about, um, when you're talking about AR 15s or any kind of, uh, any kind of caliber that, that the media is trying to demonize. Um, so yeah, we're, we're definitely making strides to answer your question. We're definitely, but I feel like that divide is even bigger. Those people who really think that gun control is the answer are further away from the people who uh, think that it doesn't. So uh, yeah. I think that 20 years ago, you know, that divide was a lot less. Um, but but there, like I said, there has been a very intentional effort to disarm America, and it's working. Well, you know, you made a comment a minute ago about the youth, and my Sean and I's favorite example of this is the SCTP Nationals that's held at the mm-hmm. Cardinal Center uh, in Ohio. There's 3,500 kids that compete there, and mm-hmm. I mean that's more than the national championship for sporting clays. And mm-hmm. they they come with their mom and their dad and their grandma and them friends, and yeah, you know, I mean there's I'd hate to know how many actual people are there, but I know there's 3,500 kids competing, and across i think is it it's almost two weeks sean or maybe it's a tick over two weeks yeah it's like 10 or 12 days yeah um well it's not quite two weeks but anyway jake spangler was telling me that they fired over a million rounds Mm -hmm. not one kid left with a band-aid you can't you know and my favorite example this is show me a high school football game where that happens right it doesn't right right. you know but here is properly educated children with firearms and there's no problem but, and that's, that's been a big argument, not, well, I shouldn't say argument. It's been a big misunderstanding. And again, going back to us trying to introduce more people to the sport, 
the people that are listening to this, I'm sure somebody can can level with me on this. They've ran across that person, that buddy golfer there's it's like, man, guns are a bad idea, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why we have you on here is to to help clarify some things. Look, Sean and I are just two meatheads, okay? We get the experts <laughs> on and, and ask the right questions, and you're the expert. So, um, but I don't know, Sean. I mean, what's what's your take on on what she had to say? Well, and I think another important thing to 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 call out, Jason and I, you know, when we started this podcast, we didn't know how it was going to go, and it wasn't very long before we started getting contacts from people all around the globe. I mean, um, England, uh, Australia, Germany, um, Russia, Japan. And, you know, we kind of, we really do take it for granted here, the freedoms we have with our firearms. Because when we talk to those people, mm-hmm. you know, there's such an amount of restrictions and they've, they've basically locked a lot of stuff down to where you can only have certain types of firearms. Some of them are not permissible. I mean, like getting a pistol in England is probably almost impossible. And God forbid you for you defend yourself, you're going to go to yeah. jail. Yeah. So I mean, and that's that's one of the things that I think everybody over here takes for granted day in and day out. That hey, it's it's no big deal to go to the range or go to the, the sporting clay tournament or you know, whatever. Go shoot uh, pop cans in your backyard. You know, we can go do that. And so many other countries, most countries, they're not able to. Right. Absolutely. Well, and back to the kids and the 3,500 kids. It's like how much media, how much local media was there there? How much, you know, it's very difficult to get earned media on firearms related things. Uh, in Tulsa, you know, this is my third world shotgun match and it only comes around every three, four years. So um, I was still a police officer when I went to my first one and um, they didn't care that, uh, that they didn't want to cover uh, any kind of sh- my shooting sports. The, the, the local ones that have, you know, that I have relationships with because they cover crime and uh, the crime girl. And uh, I think she did one interview on me on all of the times that, you know, I've invited her out to the range and, um, and because we have a fantastic range in Tulsa, United States shooting Academy, and they had major matches there. And I'm like, this is a big deal for the, the city. Uh, and like you talked about, you know, when there's 3,500 kids show up, they're, they're spending money. This is a money game. Um, and, and these cities need to be able to say that, but it's really hard to influence those, you know, those golfer friends, uh, that don't see it on the news that don't hear any kind of positive, uh, reinforcement when it comes to firearms. Well, you know what? I had a guy call me about a month ago, Sean, and (laughs) he, he bought some traps from me. I'm an Atlas trap dealer. And, uh, he, the funny thing about the story is him and his wife had never shot a shotgun before and they stumbled across the podcast and they decided to take it up. And now they're just, you know, they went out and bought guns and they're ate up with the bug and he's training and shooting tournaments and they just love it. But that, that was, that was an easy convincing. There's some people that, man, I'm telling you that the, the way the media has portrayed some of this stuff is sometimes it. Even as current gun owners, you start to question yourself, you know, because the way they, they portray it right. so bad. And, right. you know, that's, that's what I want to fizzle out as much as I can. I think this cheat sheet you have, uh, what's the website that it's on again? Womenforgunrights.org. Perfect. I think we need to get that up, Sean Alley. Get it posted, on the, posted on the dead pair. I don't know if they'll let us post it on Facebook or not, but we'll definitely get it up. 
we can at least put the link up and then uh, yeah. people go there themselves. Um, you know, Diana, not to put you on the spot or anything, but as far as when you're dealing with people that may have differing opinions on firearms, and I know that you and the, the ladies in your organization probably deal with it fairly regularly. How successful do you feel you guys are in actually being able to establish calm, clear, you know, rational communication with the other side? And are and do you feel like you're able to make any inroads as far as building some common ground and, and bringing up common sense, you know, facts and points to to kind of maybe soften some of their viewpoints? I mean, absolutely. And it may only be, you know, one starfish or it may only be two people that come up and say, you know, I really appreciate what you said and I'd like more information. But it seems like everybody uh, everybody that goes out there and testifies or goes out there and does an event and, and hears some of our girls speaking, they they put they it puts a pause on on and it just really changes the narrative in their head. So and and we've had people that you know it's it's really it really does work. I mean you you can you can speak up and you can influence people in your immediate circle. See this is where the cheat sheet's going to be important for me because I get frustrated. You know, when they start right. throwing just completely obscene false narrative back right. at you. Like I was the guy in debate class who was like, "Oh yeah, well you're I look stupid. You know, I mean, I, I couldn't, <laughs> I get flustered. So the cheat sheet's going to be a good one. Well, and they're going to, they're going to come at you with um, all sorts of skewed statistics. And, and that's kind of where I stop. I don't try to match them with statistics and I don't try to go down their statistic rabbit hole. Um, there are skewed statistics probably on both sides. Uh, but the fact being, and it's in the, the deal is that, you know, the CDC did a study. They have wiped it from their website because of the pressure from the anti-gunners recently. Um, but they did a study under Obama in 2013. And the CDC said that there were saves, firearm saves, from 200,000 to 2 million. So 200 was the low number. And these people are going to throw you out the, you know, 45,000 gun deaths a year if you could just save one. Well, you need to know that there are that guns save lives. And what about those 200,000, no, those 2 million people? Um, it's very hard to track the saves because if I didn't have to shoot somebody, um, I'm still, I've, that should still count. Right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So I saved my life and I saved their life. And um, so it's exponentially more uh, gun saves than there are gun deaths. So shouldn't those lives matter? But yeah, it's um this the statistics are are definitely tough to hear and um, try to counter. Um, so I just tell them, you know, those are skewed skewed statistics. Gotcha. Well, Diana, I mean, we've kind of there's a lot to talk about here. We don't have enough time in the world to cover everything. Is there anything else that you feel like you want to mention or bring up? Um, you know, before we get this podcast wrapped up. Sure, sure. Um, we need people. We need people to join us because numbers, there's strength in numbers. And then we also need Elon Musk's phone number uh, because uh, <laughs> the antis are funded by Bloomberg. Moms Demand Action alone is like a $60 million budget a year. So that's what we're up against. That Bloomberg is putting the money up to actually take away your constitutional rights. Uh, and there's really not a whole lot of effort to counter those voices and we're doing it on a shoestring budget. So any kind of support 
Um, I would love to have conversations with somebody who wanted to support us. Um, but also, you know, the Ambassador Academy, my husband and I started the Ambassador Academy about five years ago. It's a five-day training class down in Florida. Uh, we've got one coming up uh, February 17th through the 21st, 2024. And uh, I have about two seats available, so it's not too late. But um, it's basically media training. So, you know, one of you guys could step in front of a camera and, and get in a hot seat even. We do friendly podcast type stuff like this. And we also do hot seat stuff like, you know, like you'd be on The View and people would be spewing out hate and discontent. So you can actually practice those things with a professional. Uh, we hire all sorts of subject matter experts, whether it be for social media, hostile communications, um, filming and editing, because, you know, we we all have a camera in our phone that is capable of exponentially more than we know how to do. And, and then the social media aspect, you know, it, that's still a valuable piece of a valuable tool for sponsored shooters. Uh, anybody within our industry. So we kind of train everybody. It's drinking from the fire hose, a lot of different topics, um, but it's at a five-star facility and um, it's ambassadoracademy.info is the the website there. Okay. And do you guys actually have like any kind of scheduled speaking events for you and your ambassadors, or is this more of just kind of an impromptu way to deal with the, the negativity? Uh, no, this is just a structured one one time one time a year class. Okay. Uh, like I said, it's five days, and uh, it's just kind of an intensive. Uh, and it really, I mean, I don't expect anybody to walk out and be Colian Noir or Dana Lash, who are probably the two best uh, Second Amendment talking heads. Um, but you're planting seeds there, and you're giving people the opportunity to. It's an instructor development type, you know, deal. So, yeah. Um. Do me a favor after the podcast and text me to all those links. I want to make sure and get those put up in the podcast description. So that way anybody's driving down the road, listening to this, and they don't have to pull over right away. Yeah. They can just look at it when they get home. Um, I'll do that. Diana, I, I want to do something here with you. We, uh, we call, we call this rapid fire. Now this is going to be a little bit more difficult to do because you shoot three different types of firearms at your competition. <laughs> so we'll, we'll try to Sean, help me out here. We'll try and tweak it a little bit for you. So, Let's go through. I know you shoot a uh, pistol rifle shotgun. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell us the three shot, the, the three firearms that you compete with. I use a Benelli M2 for my shotgun. It's a 12 gauge. And I use a 2011 from Hayes Custom Guns in 9mm. And then I use a Daniel Defense um, AR 15. Nice. Good okay. stuff. So yeah. now we're going to go <laughs> to the ammo. Now, normally we ask. Um, well, we don't need to ask you what brand we know you run the best with Fiocchi, but we normally ask like, you know, what's your recipe is it ounce and eight ounce, seven and a half eights, but you shoot three different. So go ahead and give us all three if you don't mind. Well, that's right. Like I said, in the uh, world shotgun is it's the entire gamut of shotgun. So in three gun, you're, it's not, you know, we don't get into the weeds. Why well, shoot seven and a half? Uh, we don't get into a big recipe, uh, for three gun or, or the world match, but we do, you know, I did put in a lot of time, uh, patterning my buckshot and patterning, uh, my slugs at different distances and things like that. So basically, let's see, I shot a, a slug at about 15 yards at a clay, uh, prone. So, um, that was, you know, that was accuracy. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then what, what, uh, what loads do you shoot in your pistol and your rifle? 
Um, just the uh, full metal jacket, nine uh, millimeter. And then in the rifle, I uh, we have a short game and a long game and, and three guns. So anything short, I use a 55 grain. Uh, and anything over about 200 yards, I use a uh, 77 grain. But the coolest thing, I'll give a shout out to Fioki because the coolest thing is um, the, the 55 grain and the 77 grain fly very similar. Um, the most similar that I've seen, because when you go to other brands, uh, you know, if your audience doesn't know, you can get a flight, pa- flight pattern that's 12 inches difference, you know, from 200, 300 yards, you're looking at a, a big, huge spread. Yeah. So you would have to know exactly where you're aiming with which ammo. But with Fioki, it flies really, really close to each other until you get out to those longer ranges. Nice. Gotcha. And not to put you on the spot, but have you ever dabbled around with any of the sporting clays or, you know, trap, skeet, any of that kind of stuff? No. No? Okay. No, but maybe that's something that we need to uh, do next time we're together. I think that'd be awesome. We'll do like like a cross, I don't know, what would you call that, Sean? Like a cross sport competition or something? Yeah, so, yeah, cross sport yeah. competition. I'll go with that. There you go. Um, <laughs> Diana, what kind of glasses do you shoot with? Um, I actually am not sponsored by glasses. I like Pila's, and I also like Hunter's, Hunter's Gold, HD Gold. Okay. Uh, what about your ear protection? Uh, same with that. I use little foamies all the way up to whatever electronic thing is on the buggy. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need to get you in touch with Dr. Grace. From Odo Pro. Um, okay, now we normally ask like what vest or whatever. I know you you don't wear a vest. So what is your gear when you're when you're competing? Uh, the belt is a big deal. So uh, you'll see us with. Uh, there's a couple of different major manufacturers. We choose Safari Land, and the belt that we have is a, a customizable. Um, I can take all my accessories on and off, uh, even my holster. Uh, so in three gun, you know, I might walk up to an all rifle stage. I might walk up to an all three gun stage, uh, and I need to be able, I don't have a whole lot of real estate, so I need to be able to, um, customize it into what I need. Uh, and, and that belt works really nice. It's a ELS system from Safari land. Oh, nice. Now, now I know speaking in the shotgun world, I know that a lot of those people that shoot three guns spend a lot of time practicing their speed reloads. Have you, are you one of those people that can jam two shells at a time in the gun when you're reloading? <laughs> we jam four shells at a time. In the- four shells at a time. Okay. You I better go this. sit down, Mr. Alley. This girl is <laughs> jamming four. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We draw, we draw a, uh, we draw four shells at a time and sloop two at a time. Wow. And I can't, I can't catch two empties coming out of an over under. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how many, how many shots does your Benelli hold? Uh, 12, 12 plus one in the chamber. See, that's what, that's what we need, Jason. That's why we're not doing as well I, as sporting yeah, plays. Sean, come on. We'd both still miss. Okay. It doesn't oh, matter. Oh, dude, I could tell you, I could shoot your game. If you would give me more than one per play, I could, I could do it on the second one every time. Now, Diana, yeah. you're, you're not allowed to use something belt fed. I mean, it's, you're limited to two shells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when I play your game, I usually have to use two of them on one shot. So <laughs> one, one bird. So I can get at least one. Um, yeah, Sean, I'm telling you, we got to take her and Ryan shooting when he gets better, Diane, we're, we're going shooting. We're going to go, we're going to go shoot your game. You're going to go shoot our game. I think it'd be fun. 
Heck yeah. Like, that sounds like a good idea. Maybe, maybe we'll even <laughs> video it. Um, Hey, one last question on the rapid fire. I forgot. We usually ask like, what's in your bag? And we're always looking for something weird, you know, like the lucky rabbit's foot. Um, the one that I'm always hung up on is, uh, somebody said they use a rosin bag and I actually started using one and I really like it. Um, <laughs> carry anything weird, funny that might be cool to tell about in your, in your gear bag. Well, not in my gear bag, but I would 99% of the time I have fingernail clippers in my right front pocket. Really? Really? Yep. I'm tired of breaking fingernails and not having something around or having a hangnail. And so I, and, and, you know, honestly, everybody knows that. So they ask me for, you know, I, I, I let other people use it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fingernail clipper girl. That's a first. Yeah. Heck yeah. That's awesome. That's as weird as I can get for you. <laughs> well, Diana, we, we really appreciate you coming on. And um, if anybody has any questions or maybe they want to get more involved, um, is there another contact form other than the links you're going to send me that you want to throw out there? Yeah, I would love for everyone to uh, follow me. Of course, social media is so important uh, to our sponsors and um, to our competitive shooters. So I'm uh, on Instagram. I'm Di- well, I'm Diana Muller, Di Muller, I think, uh, D-I-M-U-L-L-E-R. And then on Facebook, I'm Diana Muller 3-Gun. And I'd love a follow on on any of those and, and just hit me up on social media. Awesome. Well, Very like cool. I said, we, we appreciate you spending some time with us. Um, best wishes to Ryan. Uh, look for a speedy recovery because Sean and I are going to go out and show you how dumb we look trying to shoot three different guns. So uh, I, I do think that we need to do some kind of uh, that needs to be a video. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's all going to be oh, on wow. now, now you're wanting to make evidence. Oh, geez. Come on, man. <laughs> Sean, you better keep going on that diet. You're going to have to shoot from the prone position, brother. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll have to work on that. So. <laughs> well, Diane, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I mean, again, thank you so much. We know how busy you are. Uh, I know we've been talking about this since, since nationals last year, and it's just, it's awesome to finally get you on the show and, uh, and allow you to tell your message to our listeners. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks again, Diane. We appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Well, Jason, Diana is certainly an impressive lady, um, and I know that we didn't really get to go into a lot of detail about what some of her accomplishments are, but I think you've got a little bit of a list there, right, that maybe our listeners might want to know about. Dude, she was so humble about it. I mean, look, she's got a Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice and Psychology from the University of Missouri. I mean, the girl was 22-year police officer, retired. She's a founder of the D.C. Project. Uh, let's see what else here. She's 2013, 2016 USPSA ladies open national champion, Pan American shotgun matches and two IPS or yeah, IPSC world shotgun competitions. I think they call uh, that taking, IPSC for short. Yes. Taking home uh, a silver and individual and gold in the ladies team in 2015 and 2018. She co-hosted shooting gallery on the outdoor channel and she's married to Ryan Muller. She's got, you know, Fioki, Benelli, 511 Tactical, LaPole, Daniel Defense. I mean, these are some of her sponsors. I mean, the girls, she's got a long list of achievements and she just keeps racking them up. But yep. the, the biggest thing I want everybody to take from this is what she's doing on the floor, literally every week fighting for a second amendment. And I hope everybody goes and downloads that cheat sheet. I know I'm going to, Sean. 
Yeah, definitely. It's just it's something like I said we we all too often try to take for granted, and we don't really realize how difficult it is in the rest of the world to do the things that we do, or it might even be impossible to do the things that we do here in the United States. Right, and you know, the, again, the basis of this, and and I hope everybody understands, I'm not trying to be political on this podcast, Sean. Where that's just not our message. No, but our message is is you know, take someone new shooting, take them to a tournament. You're going to run into these people that want to have this kind of cross-confrontation discussion with you about firearms. If you have the right knowledge, well, maybe maybe that person can go back and go, huh, well, okay, maybe I need to try this. And the next thing you know, you've convinced another person that the Second Amendment's not a bad thing. And, it, you know, and it, it's actually there for, for your own good, number one. And number two, you can go out and enjoy a great sport like sporting clays or trap or skeet. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So that's, that's, that's the whole reason we wanted to have her on is to kind of help with that conversation. Definitely. Definitely. And we can't thank her enough again, Diana. Thank you. Uh, when you're listening to this, uh, it was great meeting you down at the Fioki team meeting and it was just awesome that you found time in your busy schedule to come uh, sit down with us and have a podcast. Yeah, and I and I really do help Ryan holds up quick, and I, you know I've bought that up a couple of times because I've been in his shoes. I mean, I broke my neck, and my back was in a halo, and I went through all the scary stuff that he's going through right now. And it's Ryan, it's I know it's a long road to recovery, buddy, but don't give up the good fight, man. Never give up. So no, we're all pulling for you. Yes, absolutely. Hey, Sean, speaking of people that never give up, uh, thank you very much to Elite Shotguns. That's right, and Fioki USA, Rhino Chokes. R.E. Ranger. Odo Pro Technologies. Atlas Traps. Vero Beach Clay Shooting Sports. The lovely Don Grant. And everybody over at Score Chaser. Thank you all very much. Sean Alley, what do we talk about every week, buddy? We preach. Take somebody out. Take them shooting. If they're new to the game, introduce it to them. Let them have fun. Let them break some targets and watch that smile hit their face. And if you can... If you have shooting buddies, why don't you guys get registered, go out and shoot some tournaments, figure out how fun competition is. Uh, I guarantee you're going to get hooked. Absolutely. Don't forget to get your golf cart tickets. Don't forget to send us the questions for the coaches. And Sean Alley, don't forget, until next week, we can't wait to see you all back here on the Dead Pair Podcast. We'll see you next time on the Dead Pair Podcast. The Dead Pair Dead Pair Podcast is brought to you by Elite Shotguns and Vero Beach Clay Shooting and is fueled by Fioki USA. The Dead Pair theme song was written, arranged, and produced by Toby Tomplay. Special thanks to the following sponsors. Rhino, Odo Pro, Don Grant, Atlas Trap Company, and R.E. Ranger. <laughs>